Al Anderson Afternoons, the podcast. Hello there and welcome to the podcast. Coming up, Global News Weather Specialist Mike Conkin on what it's going to be like outside for the first couple of whiteout street parties. I'll talk antiques with Rob Baker. It's Cherish and Antique Day. It's also Try It Out Tuesday. Rory and Glenda Hart will join me from the Canadian Birch Company. Please rate the podcast. Please subscribe to the podcast. And now, the podcast. And in just a moment, we are going to talk to Mike Conkin, Global News Weather Specialist. But first of all, I want to start the show here with a clip from Kevin Donnelly at True North. He says, the whiteout parties, ticket sales for those parties going very well, amounting already to about $75,000 for charity for each game. The uptick on this has been really, really positive so far. We are, between the two events, the Wednesday game and the, and the Friday game, Almost at 15,000 tickets sold. You know, it, it, it means that people are really, really excited. It's, it's really great news for us. Um, so we'll have good crowds both nights in spite of this chilly weather, both Wednesday and Friday. There you go. Chilly weather. That is a perfect segue, Kevin Donnelly at True North. Thank you very much, sir. And that is why we bring in now live from the corner of Portage in Maine, Global News Weather Specialist Mike Conkin. Uh, Mike, good afternoon. Thanks for having me, Hal. Thank you for doing this. So he mentioned it, Kevin mentioned it, chilly weather. How chilly will it be for that whiteout party tomorrow night? And if you don't mind looking a little further out for Friday night, but let's start tomorrow night. Well, they're actually going to be fairly similar evenings. Our forecast is very similar, essentially starting tomorrow and through Friday. They're not going to be the warmest days, but we have it looking pretty good. It's it's going to be nice and calm. It's Definitely going to be a little bit different than uh, the street party conditions that we were dealing with when the Jets were playing against Vegas. That was a little bit warmer in the right. third round. But, yeah. yeah, this will be on the cool side. The nice thing is, is that we actually aren't going to be dealing with terribly strong winds. So not a windy night tomorrow, uh, but temperatures are likely to be between around four, like close to four degrees. The game will start with the uh, temperatures actually not too far from our expected high. And probably by the end of regular time anyway, temperatures will be close to the freezing mark. So it's on the cooler side, uh, but we're not going to have to worry too much about any strong winds or anything like that. But this will probably be one of the cooler games that we have to deal with. And nothing... Sorry, sorry, sorry. go ahead, finish. Oh, I was going to say Friday, temperatures are likely to be pretty similar. It's just that if you are going to get a windy night between the two, you'll notice the wind a little bit more on Friday. Not that it's going to knock your hat off or anything like that, but just the winds are likely to be stronger towards the end of the week. And you know what? Nothing wrong with that. Four degrees to start, freezing for when the game wraps up, when the Jets uh, win. Uh, Nothing wrong with that. We'll take that. Kind of, you know, a chill in the air. It should be like that for hockey. You know, this actually could be a blessing in disguise because really if it was 15 degrees, you're going to be sweating in your hockey jersey anyway. So you're wearing the jersey, you just put a toque on, and really you're going to be fine. If anything, I think uh, the media from St. Louis and from across the country would appreciate hearing a lot of clapping with heavy mitts on. So we're (laughs) we're doing everybody a favor. We're doing ourselves a favor by dressing comfortably 
uh, for the street out party. So I, I feel like this is almost the best case scenario. I agree. Yes. Let's be <laughs> optimistic here. We have to be optimistic uh, as the Jets head into the playoffs. There are lots of negative Nellies out there, and we don't, we don't want to be uh, negative Nellies, that's for sure. And listen, ticket sales are going, I'll be honest with you, much better than I thought they would be going. And a lot of money is, is being raised for charity. So it's, it's all, and we're in the playoffs. It's all good. Exactly. So uh, hopefully we get a nice long playoff run. And hey, starting off, uh, like you were saying, and Kevin Donnelly was saying as well, ticket sales doing great. So I love seeing the downtown just so alive with hockey. Well, really with for any situation, but uh, seeing it for the Jets is also an awesome experience. You know, while I've got you, it's also interesting. You heard in the news there with TFJ uh, that the province now says, because the weather has been so cooperative, it looks like we're going to see flood flows, water flowing around the 2011 mark, not 2009, 2009. And that is good news. So a better flood forecast, and we can thank you. Uh, You get blamed for the bad weather. I will thank you, Mike Conkin, for the good flood forecast weather. Yeah, I feel like we've kind of had uh, had it about as ideal as possible when it comes to really the spring conditions, because south of the border, there's another huge storm that is going to be uh, making its way through the Midwest. So around Minneapolis, even starting tomorrow, there is some rain around the area now around Southern Minnesota, but really tomorrow and through Friday, there is going to be heavy snow, very strong winds. They are going to have legitimate whiteout conditions uh, south of the border, generally south of Fargo. Um, But yeah, we are, we're avoiding another huge winter storm and we're just getting, slightly cooler than normal weather it's kind of working out for us well and i'm seeing some totals in south dakota as high as 60 centimeters of snow imagine if things were just a little different and we got some of that here we would not be talking about a better flood forecast that's for sure i believe you're absolutely right with that one yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah no it's good stuff hey mike thanks for doing this i really appreciate it and go jets go thanks for having me hal go jets Rob Baker joins us on the phone. Good afternoon, Rob. Afternoon, Hal. Thank you for doing this. It's Cherish an Antique Day, and I thought we'd maybe talk antiques a bit and open the phones on this and take emails from listeners. Do you have an antique or two that you really cherish, Rob? Well, uh, yeah, I tend to collect uh, old toys, and I also uh, love old advertising, uh, signs, tins, whatever. And so tell me about one or two that you've got that you really love. Oh, geez, that's a tough one. <laughs> I have a few. Actually, I have an old tobacco tin. My grandfather's initials were A.J. in his last name. And uh, I've actually found a tin that was uh, A.J. Baker Tobacco. And I went, well, that's pretty cool. So I cherished that, and I've never seen another one. I did hear at one time that you, if you were, uh, if you had a couple of bucks, you could have your own mixture made up for you, and I have a hunch that's what that was. Gotcha. And sometimes the stuff that we cherish isn't really worth much, but to us, it's worth everything. Yep, and it works the other way too. A lot of people, when I was in the business, they always said, "Well, you know, it's really old. Gotta be worth something." I said, "Yeah, well, so's dirt." <laughs> yeah, right. No kidding. Yeah, no, the age doesn't really, uh, it's, a, you know, it's the scarcity of an item, the condition of the item, the uh, how much it's desired, you know, by different people and things like that. That's what makes a, an antique valuable. 
And things are changing, you know. What used to be valuable is not necessarily, you know, the value's gone down a bit. Yeah, what's really hot right now in antiques that maybe five or ten years ago nobody cared about? Give me an example. Well, I see a lot of movement uh, is uh, what they call like repurpose and reuse. They take an old item that maybe, uh, but they re- repurpose it. Recently, we did. I was at a show where a fella had made really, really interesting art pieces out of uh, old, uh, mostly old vacuum cleaners and things like that, like the parts, you know. And uh, it was really neat. Almost like folk art, right? Yeah, yeah, that's a good way of putting it. I mean, a lot of that stuff is, you know, kind of whatever, but this was really good quality. Yeah. And uh, some of the, right, you know, like stained glass windows are still hot. There's, the thing that isn't really is uh, china, teacups, and silver. And it, it seems like the generations coming up to start interested in that sort of items. And I'll tell you what I've started collecting lately is old microphones, vintage and antique microphones. And I'll tell you, boy, that's hard to find really good stuff, really cool microphones. It's hard to find, and they can be worth a lot of money. This is true. I, that's actually one of the things that was on my hit list I never got. I wanted one, you know, where they, like, for instance, it used to say CGOB on it. Right. And I never got one. Well, I've got a few beautiful old microphones. In many cases, it's listeners that have heard me talk about wanting microphones. They call me up and give me a bit of a deal. So I've got a bit of an inside track on on the microphones, but I'm converting an outbuilding on my property into a studio. So I want all these old microphones to kind of be part of the displays around my, uh, around my studio. Yeah. And then there was the ones too, that the, the old performers actually used to use. There's what a model out there. It's called the Elvis mic, you know, and I'm sure you have one of those. I don't, I've got one like it. I know exactly what you're talking about. Those are hard to find. They can be hard to find and very expensive. Yeah. You don't just trip over those. Anything else you have that you really cherish, Rob? Well, I've got some nice furniture that I I uh, have a, a great old sideboard that I bought just outside of Yorkton and uh, brought it home. And it's just, uh, I can't tell you anything it doesn't have. <laughs> it's got candle drawers and decoration, beautiful old oak piece. And I cherish that a lot. Wow. I've got a couple of old wardrobes I found in a house I bought, and on the back it is stamped Royal Canadian Air Force. So I don't know if they used wood from something that was Royal Canadian Air Force or or whether they were the wardrobes themselves, but uh, you find stuff like that and you think, you got to keep it, right? Oh, yeah. I had a a (laughs) interesting quick story. I found a nice wardrobe in a second story of a house where we had gone in and bought all the contents, but we couldn't get it down the stairs. <laughs> they had filled in the the stairwell over the years, yeah. so I had to leave it. <laughs> oh, boy, I would have been ripping the house apart. Throw <laughs> it out the window, eh? And most of the fun when you're getting antiques is the hunt, right? Trying to find stuff. Oh, bang on. The, totally, that's what it was for me, especially with my roots starting as a collector. You know, you're always out hunting and stuff. And I I really enjoyed the hunt, and I enjoyed the uh, purchasing of it or acquiring of it, I guess. Waiting around to sell it, period, suck. <laughs> yeah, right. 
Yeah, especially if you were kind of done with it, right? You wanted it to move on, and you couldn't find that buyer. Yeah, well, I, you know, get it off the shelf, put something else up there. <laughs> right, exactly. Hey, Rob, I really enjoyed the conversation. Thank you. Anytime, Al. We have joining us in studio now, Rory and Glenda Hart from the Canadian Birch Company. Guys, nice to meet you. Hi. Nice to meet you. <laughs> nice to see the, the faces behind the products. I uh, noticed, I think I was just telling you off air, I think I saw your products over at Save on Foods here in, in Polo Park, and I thought, in Manitoba, uh, birch syrup, and you've got a bunch of other products, and, and we'll find out about all of them. First of all, where is the birch sap coming from, Glenda? It's coming from our birch trees, and we're near uh, Grand Beach, Manitoba. How many trees have you got? Well, we've got thousands of trees, but we've got 2,000 on tap right now. And how long have you been doing this? Uh, this is year eight that we're coming into right now. And you are traveling, uh, Rory, I'll ask you, you're traveling the country with this uh, line of products. Uh, we are. In the fall time, we do craft shows from... The beginning of October right until Christmas time right across from uh, Ottawa to Calgary and anywhere in between. And are people surprised to know that uh, Burt syrup and and these uh, Mm -hmm. sauces and and jams and stuff are coming out of Manitoba? Because it surprised me. I don't know if they're surprised that it's coming from Manitoba. I think the overall surprise is there's another tree that you can tap to make syrup. Yes, and we we won't say that word. eh? Yes, you're talking about birch trees, but we won't say maple. The other one's maple. So that's the competition, eh? It's not so much competition. This is more of a parallel syrup that you want to have in your kitchen as well. It's not something to replace maple. Yeah, and so Glenda, what are the what are and we're gonna take you know try it out Tuesday. So we're gonna try it out. Um, I've got the syrup here, and and there are kind of three. Amber gold, and then amber, and then uh, the final one is dark. And you're saying that as the season goes along, the syrup changes. It does. And uh, maple changes too, but it changes as in you get a stronger maple flavor as you go along. But the birch syrup actually changes the flavor profile as it goes along. So the one that we have in the very beginning of the season, uh, depending on uh, whether it's you know, what kind of season it, it has been, right. the taste will vary between honey to uh, brown sugar. All right. I'm going to try amber. So uh, this is, uh, what year did this one uh, is? That's uh, this past year. So 2018. Oh. Yeah, it's, uh, it's um, I'm not sure about that flavor. I'm not sure. It's great. It's fantastic. I'm, I guess I'm trying to compare it to maple. You can't. You can't. It's completely different. <laughs> it's got a bit of fruitiness to it, which really throws people off. They yeah. don't expect that. And the first time we tried our own syrup, we didn't expect that fruitiness either. But it's it's very fruity as well as, as sweet. And you got into this for yourselves, or did you get into it thinking this is going to be a business, Rory, or, or how did this begin? Initially, we got in just to test the market because we had so many birch trees. We said, well, if we have all these trees... Is there something that we can do with them? Right. And then we said, you cannot do this business unless you turn it into a full-fledged business because of the, the costs are pretty expensive yeah. as you go along. And so it's not a large bottle. What, what would a bottle like this go for, uh, this amber gold uh, a birch syrup? What would that go for? That will be somewhere between 14 and $15. 
And it's not a syrup you're going to pour on anything. Yeah, you would use very little of it, I would you imagine. You do. Right? You use very little. It's uh, it's almost more to be used as a flavor rather than a sweetener, although it certainly sweetens things up nice. If you put that in uh, plain yogurt, it's beautiful. It sweetens it. It flavors it. And it, it is a small bottle. It's a 50 mil bottle, just so you know, and that would be 14 or $15 yeah. uh, for that. And then the taste changes depending on, on when it's uh, coming out of the trees. That's right. That's hmm. right. The second, the second one is more to use for um, meats and sauces and uh, vegetables. Um, and it's more of a, it's even more fruity, more like dried apple or maybe a fig syrup. Hmm. And then I got to try one of these. The one I saw in the store, the bacon one, that's the one ah, I, I yes. saw that in the store and I thought, that <laughs> is unique. So what is this? That is bacon jam and birch it's actually, um, yeah, birch bacon jam. It's made with uh, the amber syrup, the one in the middle. Oh, that is good. It's great on a burger and on cheese. No kidding. It's like there's bacon. It's not just flavored like oh, bacon. No, no. There's bacon oh, in there. there's bacon. <laughs> Wow. By weight, probably around 46% of that jar is bacon. Yes. Wow, that is really, really good. Hmm. Well, the thing I like about Tried Out Tuesday is we, we try things out that, you know, we haven't tried before. Or and, I, and I'm a real Manitoba local guy. So when I saw this and I saw that it was from here, I had to have you guys on. You call Grand Marais home? Is that sort of home for you or, or close? Or? Yeah, close. Close. We're just a little bit south of Grand Marais, mm-hmm. but that's where we pick up our mail. So, <laughs> so that's, <laughs> that's where our you, address. Uh, that's your address, yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah. And if people want more, you said you're in Save on Foods, the call. You're in a few different uh, locations. Maybe yeah. maybe go ahead and mention them, uh, Glenda. Co-op um, and some Sobeys and Safeway stores mm-hmm. and Fromagerie Bothwell and uh, uh, DeLuca's. Um, and Made here for you. Yeah, and you're you're all over the place. You're at uh, trade shows and craft shows and things like that. To really yeah. right across the country. I think when we talked on the phone, you were in Edmonton, weren't you? No, we were in Montreal. Montreal. <laughs> what do they think now? What do they think about it in in Montreal? Because that would be a big maple syrup area, wouldn't it? You know what? A lot of people were very surprised by the flavor. They liked it. Yeah. But uh, as a matter of fact, like when we go to Ottawa too. Um, people have a more of a connoisseur kind of taste sometimes because because of the maple. Mm-hmm. So they're very happy to try something else sometimes. Well, it's nice to meet you guys. Best of luck with it. CanadianBirchCompany.com. CanadianBirchCompany.com. Uh, they've got syrups and uh, jams. and What's that one? This is yeah. birch <clears throat> whiskey toffee sauce. <clears throat> that one also you want to try it. For your ice cream, your cheesecake... On your pork. Oh, my goodness. That is fantastic. <laughs> Look at my mouth watering. <laughs> that is fantastic. Oh, my goodness. Well, uh, people, you really got to check these products out. They're fantastic. Guys, thanks for coming, and I, I really appreciate it. Thank you no very problem. much, Alan. Canadian or check the shelves of your favorite grocery store from right here in Manitoba. Hal Anderson Afternoons, the podcast, is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere you find your favorite podcasts.